I'm grateful that I had grandparents that always made a place for me. And as I thought about my grandfather this last week as the Rangers won the World Series, there was always a place for me. And I thought about that song um, from, oh man, I'm wanting to say Westworld, sorry, pregnancy brain. What's, there's a place for us somewhere, West Side Story. I had one part of it, why? <laughs> right? West Side Story. It's this beautiful song, There's a Place for Us, that is heartwarming at the very beginning and then heartbreaking as it is sung again at the very end when there's this recognition that maybe the place for us is not what we thought or imagined or what we hoped it could be. Jesus talks about a place for us. That's our scripture today that's found in John chapter 14. And Jesus talks about this imagery of this place that, that has been prepared for us and that, that Jesus is going to be part of the preparation for us. So we're reading today. I'm going to skip around a little bit. Also, I, I'm going to remind y'all that, uh, um, that you gave me this Bible as a gift when I started. Stephanie was part of giving this to me. Um, and so uh, there's a... Um, uh, y'all wrote different notes in here. And so anytime I go to read this Bible, it always encourages me and, and gives me a, a smile whenever I flip to a page that has a note from one of y'all. So um, there's a note on this page. I won't say who it's from, but uh, it just makes me smile. So anyways, John 14, starting in verse 1, says this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to the place where we are going. Okay, I'm going to skip ahead to 15, verse 15. It says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I ask you the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth with whom the world cannot receive because it is neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you. He will be in you. And then jumping down, I will not leave you orphaned, and I am coming to you. And finally, verse 24, whoever does not love me does not know my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. So this passage is after Jesus' resurrection when he comes back to the disciples, and he's telling them something that's actually really difficult for them to hear, that the way in which he has now appeared to them is not going to be the way in which he will stay with them. He is giving them an advocate as he goes and ascends back into heaven, Jesus is leaving the advocate, the Holy Spirit, with them. But I love the way that this scripture starts with, I have gone to prepare a place for you. Jesus defines heaven in this way for us. I don't know about you, but I often find myself thinking of what heaven might be like. And we have so many different images in our culture of what heaven might be like. But what Jesus says heaven is, is a dwelling place. It's a place where you linger. 
If you think about those dwelling places in your own life, those places that are most special for you, it is a place that you don't want to leave. It is a moment that you just want to linger in. And that's what Jesus is saying about heaven, that I am preparing a dwelling place for you, a place that you don't have to leave, a place where you can linger in the presence of God, a place where there is no more pain and no more suffering. We celebrate All Saints Sunday, especially for those of us who have lost loved ones who suffered greatly in this life. One of the things that we celebrate is that while they are no longer with us, they are also no longer in pain. And Jesus says they are instead in a dwelling place where they are whole and healed, where they are sitting in the presence of God. Jesus is telling his disciples that there is this wonderful dwelling place and that he is going there to prepare a place for them. Now, the disciples don't quite grasp at this point that what Jesus is saying is, I'm about my physical body. I am about to leave you. I am about to not be with you any longer in the way that you expect, in the way that is normal for you. And he's telling his friends this harsh reality that nothing is going to be the same. Have you found yourself saying that when you lose someone that you love? It's just not going to be the same. Whether it is an image or a time, especially coming around the holidays, a meal that you will have, a room that's set aside, a memory that is held dear, a recipe, it just may not be the same. My grandmother on my mom's side, um, she used to cook breakfast for us whenever we stayed with her. And I always used to love her sausage. It wasn't anything special. And what I learned once I got older was the reason I really liked it was because she burned the sausage. And because I had grown up eating it, I had grown accustomed to my sausage being burned. And that was the way that I liked it. And I remember after she passed away thinking it's just not going to be the same. And we recognize that. That is part of our grieving process. That is part of what we have to come to terms with and accept is that it will not be the same. But what Jesus is telling them in the scripture here is not that they're never going to be able to return to normal, but that God is instead preparing for them a next normal, a new normal. That even though Jesus' physical body would no longer be with them because they have the advocate and the Holy Spirit, they would not be alone. And the next normal would begin to help them and instruct them as they moved forward. A message of hope, but you have to really look for it. It's not in the most certain of places. It's not in the most obvious of places. I'm giving you a new normal. One that may not feel great at every moment, but one if you look closely. One where you will see the gift of the Holy Spirit, your advocate, your guide, your teacher, that will always be with you. And Jesus says these beautiful words, this metaphor of the house, he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I am going to prepare a place for you. If you break that just one sentence down, I think it says so much to us in this scripture. Jesus is always preparing. 
Jesus prepared his disciples. Jesus is constantly preparing us. Jesus is always about the work of preparing. Now, what we expected Jesus to be preparing for was about power and authority and riches and glory. But what Jesus prepared for instead was to be a humble servant and to give us this gift of a death and resurrection that would change the entire world. Jesus prepares for us. Jesus gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit to prepare us, to prepare us for what's to come. And then Jesus says, I go to prepare a place. I go to prepare a place. If you think about this in a specific way, as the metaphor talks about a place for you, a room, Jesus is describing dwelling places. Now, if you had to envision your dwelling place, your room in heaven, I would imagine that it would have the comfiest bed, it would have the biggest flat screen TV, it would have a popcorn machine. I could really go on and on and on about what I thought heaven and my place and my room in heaven looked like. But if we actually look at what Jesus is saying here, Jesus is saying these rooms do have names. These rooms do have descriptions. I am going to prepare a place for you. A room of peace, a room of hope, a room of acceptance, a room of love, a room of grace, or a room of assurance. I'm going to prepare a place filled with love and hope. That's what I prepare for you. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I spend a lot of time in different rooms. And I dwell in a lot of different places. And I am really good at dwelling in places that I have prepared and that are comfortable for me. I'm really good at dwelling in the room of anger, maybe the room of bitterness, the room of pain, the room of spite or the room of resentment, the place of bitterness. Sometimes I spend a lot of time in the room of anxiety it is so often so much easier for us to be in the rooms that feel familiar to us that we have prepared for ourselves. But Jesus tells us today that that doesn't relieve our pain. That won't alleviate suffering. There is no avoiding of the struggle in our life. But there is a different room. All over scripture it says, I knock and the door will be open. We hear the image in scripture, seek first the kingdom of heaven, knock and the door shall be open. In Revelations 3, it says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears and opens the door, I will come. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place. And it's for you. It's for you. Specifically for you and for me so that you don't dwell in the brokenness of this world and the brokenness of our lives and the grief and the pain that we can too often get stuck in, but instead we can dwell in the presence of a loving God. Finally, in that last verse, in verse 24, it says, and it is the peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. That room of peace, that place of peace. Jesus says to his disciples, it is my peace I leave with you. 
Not the peace of this world, not our own definition of peace that may be an absence of conflict or even an avoidance of conflict, but instead a peace that lives into that struggle, that faces it head on. And when faced with that struggle, when faced with that brokenness, when faced with pain, lights a candle in the darkness. Proclaims once again, even in the darkness, that the darkness cannot overcome the light. Jesus says, I leave this peace with you. I have prepared a place for you. It is for you. And it is my peace that I leave with you. Today, each of these saints that we have named in our hearts that we have lit candles for are witnesses and glimpses of God and what it means for us to dwell in the presence of God. And my question for you today is, where is your dwelling place? Or maybe more importantly, where are you dwelling and where is God calling you to be? We have a lot of different places that we could dwell and linger. Are we dwelling in the presence of God? God has already opened a door for us. God simply invites us back to the table again, back to God's love again. And God simply asks of us that we linger in God's presence. Because when we take that time to linger and to be still, what we find is that God's presence is not just in this place, it is not just when we do the things that we consider holy, like lighting candles or taking communion or singing songs. But when we dwell in God's presence, we recognize that that presence is in every single moment of our lives and in the ordinary days that are before us. God's presence is in our grief and pain and God's presence is in our joyous moments. And God's presence is in every single mundane moment too.